You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. Today we get to continue our series on relationships entitled The DNA of Relationships. And how appropriate today that we're continuing this series on Mother's Day and we're going to be talking about parenting. Everybody just got quiet. I promise not to make it boring. I promise to make it pertinent. And if you're not someone who has children or have not had children, maybe you're too young, but I promise to be that. But just like our DNA of our bodies, it kind of gives us our makeup. Scientists can determine our family history and all kinds of things throughout the DNA. There's a strand through our relationships that can be defined and determined. And most of all, I think that we want to explore the relationships through the lens of the God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We should be that backbone of defining the structure of relationships in our lives. So again, today we're looking... At parents, we're looking from application. If you don't have children yet, you can look at how your parents did and then you can judge them. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. But we can. Um, but how God can use our parents, how God can use our kids to teach us, God knows I've learned a few things, um, to make the world a better place. This is a fun quote. Matt Walsh, it'll be on here, says this Parenting is the easiest thing in the world to have an opinion at but the hardest thing in the world to do. If you've never read his blog, it's kind of funny. The Matt Walsh blog, he says that. He says, parenting is the most easiest thing to have an opinion about, but the hardest thing in the world to do. How many of you started out thinking one thing just like that video when you started being a parent and ended up doing a completely different thing? Yeah, mm mm-hmm, exactly. That's what it said. So there's another definition of parenting that's really funny. It says this, parenting is saying the same thing. Over and over and over and over and expecting different results, which is also the definition of insanity. Just saying. That, that's, I told you, it was not going to be boring today because it's funny. But we are going to have a serious aspect. Turning your Bibles today to Deuteronomy. Everybody say Deuteronomy. Chapter 6 Verses 1 through 9, it's going to be a great passage. Look, it's one of my favorite passages in all Scripture dealing with relationships and parenting. It's a good Scripture. Uh, It's always nice to refer back to. But Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, we're going to jump right in because I'm not going to be long-winded. Everybody say yay. Because guess what? I can just tell you from my experience, relationships are better over food. And today is the best day in the world to go out to eat. Why? Because it's also the most popular day in the world to go out to eat. Um, When I used to work at a steakhouse... We had the line wrap around the building on Mother's Day. He had all employees that ever had worked there before and were not longer there working there. And it was the only day of the year our boss gave us a free meal. Seriously. Mother's Day. You work till the 6 or 7 o'clock for the lunch rush. It was bad. So enjoy, and we're going to go early today. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, it says this. These are the commands, decrees, and the laws the Lord God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God. How? As long as you live by keeping all His degrees and commands that I give you, so that you may enjoy long life. So God says, you have to keep my commands, but He says this, because you will enjoy a good long life. How many know that it's important to keep God's decrees? Let's keep reading. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey. 
so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. In verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. It's a powerful verse there. Verse 6, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. How many know that's relevant? Do we wake up? Do we go to sleep? Do we walk down the road sometimes? Absolutely. Tie them, verse 8, as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, your door frame today may be a refrigerator, but I write Scripture on my refrigerator. I have a dry erase board, and every week or two, uh, lately I have been slack, uh, been busy with building carpet things, painting things. Glue is stuck to my legs. No lie, true story. Last night I got stuck on the leather chair at home because of the glue from the back of my calves from that carpet yesterday. Hilarious, okay? Side note. Sorry. You should have seen it. It was really fun. <laughs> but really, it's the same application today. I even looked in three different translations. Here's the cool thing. This scripture doesn't change no matter what translation you read it in. Whether you sit, whether you stand, whether you walk down the street, whether you go to sleep or wake up, guess what? It's all the same. You can't say that any different. All the time, the verse says, we have to impress the teachings of the Lord on our children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk down the road, when you lie down, when, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. That's symbolic. Okay, there was a symbolic nature to the forehead thing. I don't have time to go into all that today, but just know it's powerful that this verse talks about binding these scriptures, binding the teachings. It's the same thing we can do. Write them on the refrigerator. Write them on papers, on notes. My mom used to give me notes when I went to college and pack my bags, and I'd get to college and unwrap them and see a, a note there and start to cry. Uh, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. I, I don't cry. Uh, it's a gift. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> Tiffany knows different. <laughs> I'm going to be bawling in about two or three weeks. I'm sorry. That's just honest. Um, but we bind them around our hands and around our neck and everywhere we go, in the car, wherever we are, we can have God's Scripture with us. And it's so accessible today because we can have it everywhere we go on our devices and our phones. And Man, how awesome is it to just text your kid some Scripture verses? My dad sends me a Scripture verse every day. Every day, my dad sends me a devotion. He has been doing that for about three years. Sometimes it's annoying because it's like this long in a text message. But I always know he's sending me those messages out of his heart, and that's something good. And you can't ever uh, overinvest in Scripture, right? Inheritance can be spent like that, but the heritage you get from Scripture and from God's teaching will never, never go away. The Bible even tells us you're going to live a long and good life because of the investment you make in your children. So what a powerful scripture this is. So we're going to jump right into the teaching. The goal of parenting is to what? Teach our children to love God and live their lives in a way that honors Him. It's, it's hard to do uh, in our culture today. 
But we have to make a stand. We have to be that light that shines. You can make a choice. I'm not going to brag or anything like that because I don't have any room to talk. But I can control what I listen to on the radio. And I can tell you this, I have this one playlist that repeats about the same 15 songs over and over and over again. They're all worship songs. And then yesterday we walked in the living room and Canaan's playing with his toys and he's singing, Your name, your name is victory. He's just singing, playing Legos, singing that song. And I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. But what you pour into your heart, what happens? It comes out. That's what the Bible says, out of the overflow of the what? The heart, the mouth speaks. And the same can be said of your investment in your children. Man, we need to shepherd our child's heart. So the first point today is we got four about shepherding the child's heart is this. Live out an authentic faith. Everybody say authentic. Now I can tell you from experience, the best Mexican food is not, is not a chain restaurant. I'm just telling you. Mi Pueblo is a great example. I'm not, I'm not knocking them because I eat there like once or twice a week. I like food. Uh, leave me alone. But it's not as good as the restaurant from back home where a family from Guadalajara, Mexico moved 15 years ago and they needed some income, so they started cooking, and they're good because it's authentic. If you ever go to Israel and Robin's house, the tamales, ah. Man, the tamales are good, but it's authentic because they know what they're doing. And the same is true here. Live out an authentic faith. Not a cookie-cutter faith, not a fake faith, an authentic faith. A faith that is rooted in God's Word. Verse 6 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be where? On your hearts. And you have to have it on your heart before you can live it out authentically. You have to have it in your heart. So children learn more from who you are than what you teach. Would you agree with that? You can say it all day long, but until you act it out yourself and be true to what you say. You ever heard that monkey... Uh, wait a minute, yeah, that that thing. But then there's another one that says, "Don't um, don't do what I say. Do what I don't do what I do. Do what I say." That's backwards. Model it first, then they'll follow it. And how many know that it's hard to do that? We need help. We need help from the Holy Spirit because we can't do it on our own. We're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We're not gentle enough and compassionate enough. Look. I'm frustrated sometimes because i got about three different things right now I'm working through. In a couple weeks I'm leaving. Tiffany's having a baby. The building needs fixing. All kinds of things that I'm wrestling with. And so the other day, it kind of like, mm, maybe I need to check myself. Because Canaan, again, playing with Legos, he loves Legos, um, was talking to his Legos and he said, my daddy's frustrated with me. And he was playing with the toys that way. And said, I said, um, Tiffany said, did you know what he just said? <laughs> nope, didn't hear it. <laughs> Missed that one. <laughs> I had to come back and, and remember what my goal is. And I, now, I'll be real. I'm, I'm a real pastor. When I get up here and talk, I don't, I'm not sugarcoating my faults, right? I'm telling you how it is so we can all work better and learn from it because I have to use the same Holy Spirit that you use. And the Holy Spirit has to quicken my heart and quicken my mind so I don't do that again. And I know many of you that say the same thing. I have to ask Jesus every day, especially more help in parenting. Sometimes we weren't given a good example, right? I mean, my dad, uh, his dad kicked him across the room one time because he didn't polish his army boots the right way. 
hardcore, army strong. But that's not the right way to parent, right? That's not the right way to show discipline and show love, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But the same thing is you have to live an authentic faith. Romans 10, 14, I love this, says, How can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? Parents, if you haven't told your kids about Jesus, it doesn't start at children's church. It doesn't start in teen ministry. It doesn't start in small groups. It doesn't, it's not going to start at school. Where's it going to start? It's going to start with you. And I know that's challenging. We have to create time. We have to create opportunities to share with them the Word of God. Because if we don't tell them, the world's going to tell them something and it's not the truth. We have to be very careful of that. So not only do we have to live out an authentic faith, but we have to instruct our children on the Word of God. Everybody say, Word of God. The Bible says that the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It separates all kinds of things. Okay, It's sharp. And when we get that Word in our life, it has a tendency to shape us, just like I said. It has a tendency to help us along in the process. And so we instruct your children in the Word of God. And verse 7 says, impress them. <laughs> impress them on your children. Now, why is that significant? What is an impression in that day and time? An impression in that day and time could have been a signet ring in a wax seal on a letter, which meant something. Impress the Word of God on their hearts. Why? Because, when, guess what? When they grow up, it's not going to leave them talk about that in a minute but i like it when it says when you sit at home do we sit at home i do sometimes i didn't yesterday <laughs> i got home about 10 o'clock last night and it was a great day but i'll be honest i was beat i was working on my sermon i fell asleep <laughs> because it's just that kind of day but if we don't create opportunities when we're that busy man we miss out on some great investments wherever you are you can use the Word of God. Now, I'll say that contrary to this, just as a little tagline, I'm not going to spend too much time here, but I've also seen that abused. Don't justify poor actions because of the Word of God. You can turn it. You can twist it. I've seen that used by families too. Don't turn the Word of God. Use the Word of God and teach truth. Proverbs 22, 6 says this, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he was old, he will not what? Turn from it or depart from it. And sometimes we don't see that result right away, right? Mm -hmm. My parents struggle with that because I have a, a, another brother who isn't doing the things that they taught him to do, if you will. And they're frustrated with that. But I said, Mom, Dad, guess what? You invested the same amount of time, the same amount of Word of God. It's going to come back. It's going to come to fruition. Don't worry about it. God's promises is what? True. It's not going to come back void. It's not going to come back empty. He's going to get it. He's going to get it. John Piper says this, God's ordinary way of shaping a child into a radically committed, risk-taking, counter-cultural, wise-thinking, loving, mature world Christian is through parents who teach and model a God-centered, Bible-saturated worldview to their children. How many know we have a lot of voices speaking into our children's lives today? We have a lot of voices that will speak in our lives if we're not careful. I know people who live in fear of every day dying because of what the news says. It's ridiculous. The news doesn't define our life. Guess what does? God's Word, His promises, His faithfulness. Those things define our lives. 
And then we let those things mess with our head. Guess who they're going to mess with more? The next generation. I'm, I'm sure you've uh, heard it said before, but the, the quote that I like to say is, what one generation tolerate, tolerates, the next generation accepts. And that's been true for me seeing that over the last 20 or 30 years. What one generation doesn't really say anything about, they kind of, hmm, I don't like it, but it's okay. The next generation accepts it. We have to be very careful that we're instructing our children in the Word of God. So we've got to live out an authentic faith. We have to instruct our children on the Word of God. Third, we have to invest continually in your relationships with our children. This verse 7 that says, talk about them when you're sitting at home, when you're walking along the road, when you lie down, and when you wake up, gives the in, uh, insin... How would you say that? Insinuation, if you will, that you're with your children. You have to invest and create opportunities to be with your children to be able to invest in your relationship with your children. Uh, maybe the other day you might have saw on Facebook, I did something a little bit different. I bought a tent on the Internet, and Canaan and I went for a camp out in the backyard. That was an opportunity for me that I could invest in him by just spending time with him. It didn't take much of my time, but I did lose a lot of sleep. Um, but, but other than that, it was a great time. We got out there about 10.30, and about 3.30 he was ready to come inside, right? He had slept a little bit, but it was cold. I got a summer tent, didn't get a winter tent. I mean, it was... But I like that word, invest. Are you making a withdrawal from your relationship constantly with your children? You can say the same for your spouse. Or are you making a deposit, an investment, something that will return itself? An investment in the Word of God in your children will return itself. Are you creating lasting legacy and meaning in their life and yours? So there's three things here that you will help you invest in your relationship and build health. Speak words that build health. Spend time that communicates value and shower them with love. So how do we speak words with health? Well, affirmations. I like this about you. I like that you have so much energy that you cannot sit down for five seconds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a sarcastic response. I'm sorry. Uh, invest in affirming and edifying and building them up through your words. That's hard to do. It's really hard to do. Why? Because we get talked about negatively everywhere, everywhere in our lives, except hopefully church and home. But it's tough because we see so much, we hear so much negative. So speak words that build health. Spend time playing on the floor, going out to a ball game, camping in a tent. Shower them with love. Gifts, they don't have to be expensive. From your heart, affectionate touch, rewards, those kinds of things are very helpful. So not only do we have to invest, because investment is important, but lastly, we have to train our children through the Word nobody wants to talk about in church or in family, discipline. Right? How many know that God does it in a way that's very beneficial? Because He teaches me stuff every day, just like I told you. Things that will get you right by the heart. And things that the Holy Spirit just wants to speak to you. And God wants to help you in your life. He doesn't want to hurt you. Look, if we think about the heavenly picture of our Father and how He wants to help us along and correct us, we're going to do the same thing for our children. Because this is something that you have to do, discipline-wise, in order to teach and to train. And obviously we know that there's people who take the extreme to this one too. And that's not what I'm advocating at all. But God loves us so much 
that He helps us along the way and corrects us as needed. And we are to correct our children as needed as well. Proverbs 13.24 says this, Whoever spares the rod hates their children. That's strong. But the one who loves their children is what? Careful to discipline them. Proverbs 19.18 says this, Discipline your children, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their what? Death. Man. Woo! Hard words, right? So the Bible speaks clearly about discipline. Man, if I didn't teach Canaan that a road was something he didn't run, need to run into, well, he did run into a road one time and that was not fun. It feels like your heart is about to crush when you see that child like taken out the door, there's a car coming and you hear the screeching and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but that's scary. But if I didn't discipline him in saying, no, don't go in the road, that's harmful, that wouldn't be a good thing, Right? The same thing my mom used to tell me about can openers and don't stick your finger in that, that'll get burned, right? We have to do those kinds of things. Those are simple. But it's because we love our children and we want to train them so they don't harm themselves and harm others. So discipline should never be done out of anger or when you're out of control. That's something I try to always do is if I'm angry or if I'm out of control, I need to just leave the room or leave the area or let him just do what he wants for a minute till I get myself in a calm state so that I can take a step back and have a conversation that says, if you do that again, it's not going to be beautiful. (laughs) But sometimes in our own lives, we have experienced the opposite of that, which is abuse. And then we don't want to make the correction because of our parents, how they treated us, or how we've been treated. So we have to be careful to use God's Word as a model. Because whenever we use what we think, in any area of life, instead of what God thinks, it's not the Word. It's not the truth. So discipline, the last thing in your notes, should be what? Firm, fair, and friendly. That's what it says here. But I'm going to tell you this. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. There's no such thing as a perfect Christian. So just be a real one. Be one who stands like I just stood and told you my, my issue. Okay? There was something that I saw and needed correcting. What happens? I correct it. Okay? We've got to make adjustments, and that's how we're real people. The world doesn't need some people that look like they got it all together. They need some people who will tell them how it is and be truthful about God's Word and how it's okay to ask for forgiveness, it's okay to seek forgiveness from others, and it's okay to change your life. I know. I'm sorry. But that's good. Those things are good because the Word of God tells us those things. And it's important for us to grasp them, especially about the area of parenting. Would you stand today? So I'd like to leave you with a thought that we started with in the very beginning. As Judy comes and just plays a little quietly, here's here's the important part. Especially, I'm going to close it full circle for those of you who don't have children. This can apply to anyone wherever you're at in any situation of life. (laughs) The, the, The Word says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And He even repeats it again in the New Testament, the Gospels. He wants you to get it. And then He says this, These commandments today that I give you are to be on your hearts. And He said, Do impress them on your children. 
But further than that, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Write them on your doorposts. Write them on your city gates, he even says. I'm not sure if states would appreciate graffiti right now, but we should write our scriptures where we believe in the scriptures. And in me, and in my house, that's where I put it on the refrigerator. Probably because I'm there a little too often. But you get the point. Maybe we should write them on the treadmill. (laughs) Nonetheless, write them somewhere where you go to a lot. We want to write the Word of God. We want to continually meditate. I was telling my wife last night, one thing that keeps me constantly going, because I go hard like 17, 18 hours. I get up at 5, and I don't go to bed till about 11. Maybe 12 some days, depending on how busy it gets. But some days this week, I was up at 4.30, which is fine. I love getting up early and going to the gym, said no one ever. Um, But we have to continually remind. That's what I do, is I listen to uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick. I listen to uh, worship music from all different places. You know, I continually try to listen to something positive. It's going to help me renew my mind. It's going to give me the Word of God so that while I'm driving down the road frustrated other drivers on I-77, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to take something to heart. I'm going to hear about the faithfulness and goodness of God because it's there. We just have to read it. We have to listen to it. And we have tools to use. So write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Listen to them when you're on the road and when you walk along the road. Maybe now it's drive along the road. But whatever it is, when you sit at home, when you lie down, when you drive along the road, when you get up, you've got to be refreshing your mind with the goodness of the Lord and His Word. Can everybody rally around that today and say amen? We have to continually renew our minds. That's what Romans chapter 12 and 2 is all about. We have to renew our minds. So God, today, we thank You for mothers. We thank You for the gift of mothers. And God, we thank You for the gift of parenting because You teach us so much that we don't already know. And God, today, God, we just... A reflect on this passage from Deuteronomy and we say, Lord, let it be with us the same. Let us tie them around our neck. Let us tie them on our wrist and on our forehead. Let us do it while we're walking or riding down the road. God, when we get up, when we go to sleep, let us constantly be renewed by Your Word and Your Scripture. And so God, today we ask that You would encourage us. God, that You would build us up in Your faith. God, that we would go and share the Gospel with people who are hurting and broken. God, it might even be within our own family. It might even be within our own job. God, where we go to school, there might be people who are broken and hurting who need Jesus. So, Lord, today we pray that this Word would follow us this week. And, Lord, You would inspire us to change someone's life forever through Your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.